Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Welcome, explorers, to the Cinematic Explorers Club podcast. My name is Patrick Bellix. Oh God, I forgot who I am. Who am I? Joey G. Joey G. That's right. Not Joey D. Not Joey J. Not Joey F. Because fuck that guy. But Joey G. <laughs> Do you know a Joey F? I'm sure there's a Joey F that exists. That's I mean, not what you asked me. I don't know a Joey F. No. <laughs> I when I was a kid, I was uh, I was Patrick. Um, As I am now, but uh, the result for some reason there's always a, another Patrick in whatever group setting I was in, whether it was Boy Scouts or school or whatever. I was always Bellix because for some reason that Patrick was always more popular than me. Dude, oh, <laughs> and then I we got to college, and then and then I was the only Patrick. You were the only Patrick, although we did, you know, the twins. I believe so called you Bellix. Yeah, it's true. They must have known lots of Patrick's Patrick is. But hey, that kind of makes you stand apart, though. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, well, Bellix is a more Bellix is a kind of fun name it is. to say. That's you know? more unique. You know what I mean? Listen, there's lots of Patricks. How many just Bellixes are there? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like. That's, uh, if anything, that kid was probably jealous of you. That's probably true. Actually, you know, I should probably just, you know, I should be like a Bono, Sting, Jewel, Tiffany. I should be a Bellix. Yes. That should be my it brand, should, you know? Just be your brand, yeah. Plus, it's, you know, it's only a few letters. It's not like a super a lot. You can fit them on t-shirts, hats. Merchandising would be It's very like simple. three syllables, right? Bellic. No, no, two syllables. Two syllables, yeah. Two syllables. So like, you know, that's what we've learned in the, the past few years is that's all about the two, three syllables right there. Yeah. Plus, if you don't want to write it out, you just put a bell, put a picture mm-hmm. of a bell. Put the Liberty Bell. Oh, now you're patriotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of my uh, constituents could be named uh, – they could be bells. You yeah, know? the bellheads. How about bellheads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. Let's let's just restart. Let's start rebranding right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey man, what's going on with you? Oh, not a lot, buddy. You know, uh Saturday. Uh thank you for rescheduling for me. Just it was a busy week and you know, weekends are busy for me, but I am able to uh you know, it was good to see you. I missed you. Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, no problem, just, dude. D- just despite the uh terrible things that happened uh in our country this yeah. week. Um I'm uh I'm I'm staying above water. So how about you? How you doing? Uh pretty similarly. I'm I'm staying above water despite the uh the the horrific uh nature of things uh in the country at the moment uh for those who are time traveling i I, I like that we're being very oddly like honestly we're being very oddly general so people are like oh what is the thing that's the thing is that we this could still be in 2020 in the way we're we're talking about it but for those who are time traveling through the uh cinematic explorers club podcast um and we know you all are the uh this past week was uh the uh january was it sixth um january sixth uh, where they were certifying the uh election results and uh the capitol was uh stormed by a riot of uh trump supporters and 
you know, I'm pretty sure I can, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I could just say that this is when the Capitol was stormed and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, hopefully exactly. this doesn't happen ever again. Yeah. Now all of these, uh, terrorists, uh, most mm-hmm. of them are getting arrested now, which I don't know why they weren't arrested the day of, but you know what? That's for the smarter people to figure yeah. out because we're down I, here. I they're up yeah. there. They yeah. understand. I'm, o- I'm over here dissecting the greatness of, uh, you know, shows like Succession and filmmakers like Steven Soderbergh, but you know, those, the, it's the Capitol Police that are, that are taking down the tyrants by, you know, letting them in through the gates and taking selfies with them. You know, it's all so comical, but, uh, you know, hopefully this will, um, be the last stain on what's already been a long four years of, or just a long year of, uh, of, uh, of a stain, uh, in, in the, in America. So, but you know, it's, it, hey, just add it onto the things of that has traumatized us in our lifetimes. Yeah, you know? yeah, we're going to grow from this as individuals, as a country hopefully. Mm. And and as individuals definitely. Um mm. but uh yeah, the real I, question is, does Michael Bay have a team of writers already yeah. planning a movie <laughs> centered around storming a capital? Yes. Um no, well, let's 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 hope is not. Brad, where's Bradley Whitford? Is he already signed on? He must need the money. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, you know, Bradley's redoing his kitchen. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on in, uh, this, this, uh, this world, but, uh, beyond that, we're trying to, um, uh, still consume and create, uh, our, our media. Um, I recently finished Queen's Gambit, which I know oh, I'm a nice. little late on. Did you, did uh, she, did she win the chess game? <laughs> she wins, wins some and she loses some. Nice. Spoiler. Checkmate. Mm-hmm. Did you, you did you, did you watch? <sighs> I, watched the first episode and I did not go back. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, I think I was telling you this, this was like when I was in crisis because I was searching so desperately for a new show to watch um, and was bouncing back and forth. And although I found Queen's Gambit to be, I remember this. Yeah. Although I found Queen's Gambit to be very interesting and a show that I probably will go back and rewatch or not rewatch, we'll go back and intake at the time. It just wasn't the speed that I was looking for. That's when I eventually did jump to succession. Um, But I'm happy you liked it. Did you, is that something you watched with Lindsay or was it just a, yeah, just- we watched it together and we really enjoyed it. I mean, I can't really – it's kind of odd. It's one of those things that just kind of washes over you. Mm. And I don't really have a lot to say about it, oddly mm. enough. Like I can talk about specifically um, – yeah, I was it Anya Taylor Joy? Um, she's great. Um, yeah. There's a lot of. Great... I love her in The Witch. She's really good in The Witch. Yeah, yeah. She she does a fa- fantastic uh, progression of character throughout the series. Um, although it's a little odd that she portrays the character when I think she's 13, mm. going all the way up until she's like 24. And I know that there's some 13 year olds that look 18 in right. the world, but. It, it, it threw me a little bit, you know, sure, we, yeah. we, I, I think, I think she ends up being uh, in her mid early to mid twenties by the end of the series. The so, magic of television. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, it's one of those things I can forgive. Um, I appreciated that, uh, there was an element where, you know, the, the Russians were kind of the big bad villains and, 
uh, they, they were, you could, could very easily fall into this pattern similar to, uh, Rocky. <laughs> you sure. Know, where it could yeah, be yeah. just like, I must break you. Yeah, and I break they don't, you. Yeah. Queen to F9. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I say that actually only realizing that Ivan Drago is a good comparison to this character that is the big baddie that she's going after. Um, but she is, um, but the, uh, depiction of the Russians is not as kind of one noted, you know, sure, if you will. Sure. Um, and so I, I really appreciated that the cinematography and production design is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of really good things to say about it. Um, I, uh, I also started, um, I decided I realized that, you know, I haven't gone back to since I first saw it years ago, I think when it first came out was, uh, the trip series. Have you ever, Watch that? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you and I, I watched, um, I mean, I remember, those were, were they YouTube videos and then they, or not YouTube videos, is it a series and then they made movies or was it just two movies? Or was it like all the footage they compiled into movies? I saw it originally as a movie in like 2010. Right. And for those of you who are uh, wondering, uh, The Trip was a series that started in 2010, and it stars Rob Brydon, who's a British comedian, and Steve Coogan, who is also a British comedian, but also was a comedian and a comic actor in a lot of films, such as mm-hmm. Tropic Thunder and... Hamlet 2. Yeah. <laughs> the lead of Hamlet 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, uh, it's and it's a series uh, that d- depicts these two people playing kind of um, exaggerated versions of themselves, um, who go on these trips where they are going through the English countryside, for instance, in the first film, and visiting some very high end restaurants and eating their food. And supposedly Steve Coogan's writing about it, but that doesn't really have anything to do with it. It really, it's really just these two character actors bouncing off of each other while showing food porn for mm-hmm. an hour to, and a half to two hours. And it originally started as a series. I did not know that when I watched the movie originally because it started as a series on the BBC and then it was edited down into a movie which they re- released internationally. And since then it became like the trip to Greece, the trip to Italy. Right, and all I was going to say, where I knew there were like different uh, editions of the trip where they mm-hmm. were traveling to different uh, sections of the world. Mm-hmm. So, But I believe the sequels are all just movies. And, uh, and they're, and they're all, as far as I hear, are great. Um, I, but I have only seen the first one. So I was like, you know what? Let's start this trip, this journey. <laughs> um, mm. and, uh, and, and restart it again. And that's what I'm, uh, I was actually watching just before. Oh, very on the cool. Call. Um, but it's really, really fun. I mean, they're just like both in really interesting comic actors who are uh, great at working off of one another. Cause you know, it's one of those classic, we we've studied acting, just bouncing off of each other, listening oh, yeah. to one another and taking the, and receiving the, the, and the throwing it back. Bit, yes, totally. The little bit of them that I have seen, I mean, they have fantastic chemistry together because I believe they are really close in real life anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're not, then they certainly uh, have fooled me into thinking that they are because they do have a really, really good chemistry. And I do, you know, obviously their their big one being the uh, the Michael Caine impressions that went viral like way back in the day. I think that's where some some people may have heard of of this. That's how I was first introduced to them. And then I know you had shown me, uh, taken me a little bit down that rabbit hole. So that's that's fun. I mean, especially now, I feel like I would like that even more because I wasn't really into the um foodie type like tv content at the time you know like now 
you know, now I've, we, we had talked about it when you were overdoing laundry. We, I binged, uh, somebody feed Phil. Like, I, one of my favorite shows is Fuck That's Delicious, which act, rapper Action Bronson, which is all food related, all cooking related. So, uh, cool. Yeah. I like that you're, you're back in it. Plus that's a, that's something nice to take in now. You know, the world is on fire around mm-hmm. us. Like, let's just watch these two guys go get a nice meal. Mm-hmm. I also, Speaking of two British actors playing exaggerated versions of themselves, uh, I watched Staged. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you seen that? Didn't, okay. Do not know, no. Okay, so it's on Hulu, if you're interested. Uh, have you ever seen Good Omens? Also, no. Okay. Um, well, these are real things you're telling me. Are, so, so, okay. So good <laughs> omens, you do have to watch and we can talk about that, uh, uh, later if you want. Good omens is a fantastic show that's on Amazon prime based on a Neil Gaiman novel. And, uh, it's, it's great. Um, uh, stage is a show that was made in quarantine via zoom, mm-hmm. um, which features David Tennant of Dr. Who fame. Oh yes. Gotcha. Um, and Michael Sheen of Frost Nixon fame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the kind of connection to Good Omens is that they were both in that, um, in that show together. And now they're in this show, but, but they're playing themselves, exaggerated versions of themselves. And the idea is that they were supposed to be in this play together on the West End. And the director realizes that it's not going to happen because COVID. Mm. So he wants to hold uh, rehearsals via Zoom with uh, David and Michael, and hilarity ensues as <laughs> like they because they're both playing exaggerated versions of themselves. So Michael Sheen is super into himself, <laughs> and um, David Tennant is just kind of like befuddled <laughs> constantly <laughs> by everything that's going on. Um, and uh and there's some like fun cameos as well so it's 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 pretty great it's a quick binge if you want to do it i think it's like eight episodes and they're 30 minutes each oh nice yeah uh, very quick yeah and it's and and a lot of it is very um very relatable so when you watch the series this is probably- lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They feel comfortable just kind of spoiling for you. But as you watch the series, you realize that, you know, Michael Sheen is... His environment around him changes. You know, he's got different clothes on every time. And then you realize David Tennant wears the same thing throughout the entire <laughs> show. And it's only in the last episode that, like, his actual he gets wife. Addressed. Yeah, his actual wife, who's who's in the show and is his actual wife, mentions, like, oh, when he's like, I, I miss this. He, she's like, I miss you wearing different clothes. <laughs> um, 
and it's 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 pretty great. It's supposedly, it's coming back or is back in the in the in the BBC mm. uh, as well. But I I would recommend that as well. Now, is it a Hulu show or is it a BBC show that Hulu just happen to, happens to be streaming? It's a BBC show that Hulu picked up. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Very so cool. I, uh, you should you should totally check that out if you want something I light and will. fun and in the I theater. Will. I mean, I have. Zone. I mean, this will be the third time that I've mentioned it now, which means it's obviously on my mind. But I did just catch up on Succession, so now I am in search of a new show to watch, although it's going to have some big shoes to fill um, mm-hmm. because it's uh, I think Succession may have taken the place as like one of my favorite shows of all time, especially nice. especially with how um, perfectly season two wrapped up. And uh, I do know that season three is coming. So mm-hmm. right now I'm eyeing Lovecraft Country as my next one because it's in a completely different spectrum of what Succession was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I could use a good com- I could use a good comedy layer in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. a staged. Uh, who knows? You, you're I'll, in the right demographic for it, I think. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll throw. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, as soon as we uh, wrap this up, maybe I'll throw one on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Check it out. Yeah, um, I I did want to ask you without spoiling anything for the season two or the rest of season one for me. Sure. Um, can we surmise that uh, the current McDonald's commercials are a sequel or at least a a call into um, Succession? Uh, which current McDonald's commercial? <laughs> the ones that are. Uh, I was hoping that you 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 had seen them. So the current McDonald's commercials are all narrated by Brian Cox. Oh, that is Brian Cox, yeah. man! I'm so happy that you confirmed that for me because, like, after listening to him tell people to fuck off for like hours on end, mm-hmm. I was like, that really sounds the same. But why would he yell yeah. at a hamburger like that? Well, again, got redoing his kitchen. You know, redoing his kitchen. Yes, exactly. Um, I. You know what? I I mean, listen, the the whole the whole show is a parallel to like big media conglomerate families like the Murdochs. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Cox was like, I'd like to actually start taking over the industry. You know where you have to start at the at the heart of America, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what else are you um, are you consuming as a place? Is it just well, been? Uh, I, it had just been it had just been that I mean because you know as everyone who constantly who who is a regular listener of the Cinematic Explorers Club knows that like I uh, you know my, one of my main source my main job is to intake uh, a bunch of professional wrestling as I work in like the wrestling media I'm putting that in air quotes but wrestling coverage and whatnot um, so there's like a lot of that that I watch for my own enjoyment and um, it's like both for work but I'm also watching it for my own enjoyment and there's a lot of it that I watch just for my own enjoyment that is not non-work related uh, something that my wife constantly is like you're going to watch wrestling now even at the end of the day and I'm like yeah baby I love it um, they just had you know uh, a pr- big promotion in Japan just had their um, biggest show of the year which always begins right at the beginning of year in January and it's a nice kickstart for them uh, their Wrestlemania is what you can compare it to it's called Wrestle Kingdom and they do it every year from the Tokyo Dome which is a very historic venue in Japan and because they have been like semi decently or they've been much better than Americans have at like stopping the spread of COVID, they were able to have like 12,000 people attend the event. Now they're 12,000 people spread out in an arena that holds, you know, 50, 60,000. So they were able to properly distance and quarantine and everyone has to wear masks. And they actually, the promotion advised fans not to cheer because that's like kind of a way you could, um, 
spread the virus, you know, because it's more, uh, you know, with spit and all that stuff. It's so they recommend and ask them to keep it to clapping and stomping, which the Japanese fan base is always very loyal and very, um, Submissive wouldn't be the right word. They're like, they're like a good group, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, if the teacher told them to do something, they'd be like, cool, we'll do mm-hmm. it. So they asked them not to verbally cheer. So it's a lot of clapping. Uh, but the cool part about that is that when these big story moments happened, people would let out an audible gasp. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's how important it is to them. Like they kind of throw the rules out and it, it's almost like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't care about my life right now because this moment in time is taking me, uh, taking me aback. And it, it, it honestly, there were several moments of that through the show. Um, and only kind of made those moments bigger, like so big that like people are instantly forgetting about COVID. So it was kind of, kind of a nice way, you know, to summarize a single moment in, in pro wrestling lore by people being that um, infatuated and touched by it. So between that and then on Just my a extra- little aside there that reminds me of when Universal Studios Japan reopened. I'm not sure right. if you heard about this. Uh, they requested that people not scream on the roller coasters. There you go. It's the same exact thing. They it's like requested the same concept. specifically please scream inside your heart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which uh, at the time everyone said, well, isn't that a, a parable for 2020? <laughs> scream inside your heart. Yeah. Cause yeah. God knows we're all doing it nonstop. Well, funny enough, this promotion, they're called new Japan pro wrestling. They've been around for decades. You know, it's not like a new thing. They've been in existence for, you know, longer they can than just you and take I- the new off. It's right, like yeah, New exactly. York, yeah, you know? you're like, you're, yeah, like cut the new, you're, you're like, um, Justin Timberlake in social network. Drop the, the new. It's mm-hmm. cleaner. Yeah. Uh, just be Japan wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's several other companies, which is why they have to do that. Anyway, they actually developed a system, an app that fans could use on iPads or their, uh, cellular devices that would literally be plugged into the, um, venues that they were attending, like into their intercom system. So if there was something they liked, they literally press a button and it would like emulate cheers or applause it was a little like it was cool it was a good idea it was a little too fake and i think people realized that just clapping was good enough for them uh but i was like at least you're making the effort you know to uh kind of roll with the punches here because they like having people there and they've been very 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 good about covid related things it's to the point where people who do attend these shows you have to give all of your personal information that way if there is uh any sort of outbreak there's like an easy way to contact trace like oh you were sitting by this person this is who tested positive you know you should do proper quarantining and all that so they're they do see and they were like one of the they didn't come back right away when everything shut down like they took their time and obviously said you know they started with no fans and if fans were going to come back we need to make sure that we do this safely because we do not want you know that's the last thing we need is to have an outbreak caused by us like the the pr on that alone alone is terrible for us but also you know they have very strong ethics you know they have very strong uh morals and they care more about their fan base to the point where they had like canceled several events because they were like you know, not even confirmed COVID cases, but they were like, hey, listen, we have some COVID scares. We do not feel comfortable putting this show on and, you know, telling people like at the door that we're ready to go in and people weren't even upset. They're like, hey, thank you at least for taking consideration to us as opposed to letting us do this thing. Anyway, to answer your question, besides all of that and besides now watching the NFL playoffs and the NBA, which has returned, which is also on the brink of being shut down again because they have not done proper COVID stuff like they did last year with the bubble. 
I was able to finish Succession. <laughs> so, honestly, that's pretty much all it's been. But honestly, it's really all I've been needed. I mean, as soon as the show was over, I went on a rabbit hole of interviews between a lot of the cast members, which was fun because I hadn't done that in a while. And I saw like, you know, I saw Brian Cox on Stephen Colbert, which was a lot of fun. And then I saw um, Jeremy Strong on Seth Meyers, you know, and some of these interviews were like when they still had people in the studio and then some were Zoom interviews. And uh, because all of them are so very different, like it was kind of cool to see them outside of their character and into their um, in their own personas. So, uh, yeah. And, and then Nerdwriter actually did do a great video on Succession because they are always do great deep dives. And I was curious if they had because I was like, man, this show is just really next level. And they had do it. So I recommend that to you uh, to watch. Well, I'll check that out. I probably saw it because I subscribed to them, but I I probably skipped it because I was like, I haven't watched this yet. You know, the funny thing is, is that I went on there. Sometimes I, 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 I went on Nerdwriter and I went to their videos, like their whole section just to see ones that like I hadn't watched in a while. I was like, let me catch up on some. They did a great one on James Gandolfini and about like his unique acting method in the Sopranos. And I was like, Oh, they, they hadn't did it. And then I literally typed in succession nerd writer and it came up so like it wasn't in their channels pages but i still found it so it's very easy to miss you know what i'm saying it was easy to miss and it was they did put it out about a year ago prior to everything going um hectic uh but certainly bookmark it it's uh the the basis of the video is the importance of words mm-hmm. and how words both don't have any meaning but have a lot of meaning and it talks a lot about how the roy family is a very guarded family and you could attest to that having seen some episodes where you know because brian cox has such a powerful intimidating presence on their lives since they were kids all of the roy kids are like if they ever talk nice to each other you assume something's up mm-hmm. and they show a great clip where um the sister is talking to roman who's played by kieran culkin she's just like hey i think you would do great and he just goes oh you're a fucking bitch like <laughs> because that's what it's like it's uh truly truly phenomenal and it only adds to the um greatness that that show only has where where did you leave off uh are you still in season one I'm still in season one. Yeah. I, I, you know what, you know what that show is, is that, uh, when I, um, when I have a, uh, a, a thing, a project that I have to do where I have to sit down and, you know, uh, like for instance, like if we're sending a bunch of, uh, New Year's cards, which we just sent out, if I have to, uh, put them together and, uh, stamp them and everything, mm. I put succession on cause like that's my thing I can do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can watch it work. I hear you. Um, I need to get back to that. Uh, but that's, that, that really is, does sound about right. And when we were recently watching Home Alone and you see, is it Kieran Culkin or is it Rory Culkin? Uh, I, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent. I think it might be, I think it might be Kieran. Whichever, whichever, um, Culkin, Culkin it is, right. um, that's not McCulley. Um, He's in Home Alone because he plays one of his younger brothers. Younger, yeah. And there's this moment in the first Home Alone where he uh, says, like, I don't want to share a room with him. He wets the bed. And, like, he, he – the, the, the little, little Rory or Kieran Culkin is, like, got a Pepsi. And he sits on it and he looks directly at McCulley and gives this shitty grin. And I'm like – that's the kid that grows up to be the, the little shit in succession. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you can I'm see pretty, it. I, I'm fairly certain that it is Karen because there's something about Rory. I remember seeing Rory Culkin in this 
Robin Williams movies, Robin Williams and Sandra Oh, I think it was called The Night Listener years ago. I think I heard I, about it. I think I, I honestly could not remember the plot. I could, could uh, retell you the plot because I only saw it the one time. I think I liked it, but I just remember Rory Culkin. I was like, you know, like he looked like a Culkin, but like Kieran Culkin and Macaulay Culkin, you're like, you know, if you – didn't know any better, you could easily confuse them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Rory Culkin, I was like, he looks like, you know, different enough. It's the same thing with the Waynes brothers. There's like certain Waynes brothers that like really, really look alike. And then there's like, I think Marlon Waynes just like completely stands out and like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I know he is Marlon. I just got to remember who Keenan Ivory and Damon and Damon Jr. and, and, and then the list goes on. Uh, so yeah, I look forward. Let me know when you get back to it because I, there's so much to dissect. I mean, tr- uh, honest to God, especially it, you know the the day the Capitol got stormed, I had finished Succession, and mm-hmm. you know I was riding that high of like, wow, I just saw great TV. It makes me motivated to be an artist. And then I was like, ah, oh, now these fuckers are ruining my my TV show high. Yeah, um, this this TV show sucks. This TV, I mean, it's just because it's, I was like, wow, it's like the appropriate time to watch this because it's just all about, you know, super rich. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. White old families continuing to remain in power. And I'm like, how does this happen? Oh, mm-hmm. that's how it happens. Oh, yeah. I just watched something on this. All right. I'm going to pitch you on Good Omens. Okay. Okay. So uh, I think that, again, you are in the right demographic for this because uh, you and I both grew up Catholic. Sure. And so um, this is uh, uh, so this is kind of within that lore. Um, the idea is that there are centuries ago, back all going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Um, there's two people. Um, there's uh, there's there's an angel and a demon. Um, the demon is played by David Tennant, and the angel is played by Michael Sheen. Oh, nice! And they meet each other at one point, and while they are both obviously on opposite sides of everything, um, they they kind of forge this friendship. They occasionally come across each other and end up having a, a drink at the bar, you know, and chatting and everything. And despite everything, they kind of become friends over the you know centuries and centuries. Sure. Um, And then we kind of fast forward to today times and the demon played by David Tennant is tasked with delivering, um, the, uh, 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 was not devil spawn, but like the, the devil spawn, the, um, the antichrist. That's what it is. Ah, there you go. Uh, Satan, but yeah, antichrist, the antichrist has been born and he has to deliver it someplace. And, um, and, 
have the, the child, ensure that the child grows up to be the Antichrist. And he kind of messes it up intentionally, I think, from what I remember. And, um, and uh, hopes that it'll just kind of go away because this is what the kind of crux of all this is. It seems that the um, Antichrist is now becoming a teenager and, you know, is starting to have his powers come about and the end times are now upon us. But the thing is that David Tennant and Michael Sheen both love life so much you know, um, you know, he's, you know, uh, he engages in hedonism constantly. And then Michael Sheen loves his old bookshops and food and meeting people and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both love life. So they team up to stop the end of the world, despite like, that's what's supposed to happen. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and like, there's like, there's like cameos all over the place. Like Francis McDormand, uh, plays God and narrates the whole thing. And then they end up going up to heaven at one point and, uh, the, um, who's it? The archangel like Gabriel, uh, shows up and Gabriel is played by John Hamm. Oh, so cool. <laughs> it's John Hamm's so just like, sh- what are we show, not going to do it? <laughs> is the show, it's like, is it, 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 is it more, uh, centered as a comedy or yeah. is it like, or is it's, it a, fa- or is it like a super fantasy that happens to have comedic elements? Um, I, I would say it's kind of balanced in between those because like, mm. I mean, uh, I guess maybe you could t- tip it towards the kind of fantasy realm. Sure. Um, although some people wouldn't appreciate us calling it a fantasy. No, I mean, <laughs> not fantasy, but like, I just mean, you, but you know, I know what how, you mean. Yeah. Well, like if it, when you think of a show, like, so is it a comedy, like the way the office is a comedy or is it a comedy where it's just funny because Michael Sheen and David Tennant just happen to be two very gifted, funny guys. Does that make sense? Um, I would, I would lean towards the latter. You know, uh-huh. I'm trying to think of a parallel, um, of something that is, you know, clearly very, um, Here you go. Is it, is it, is it a dogma? It's dogma. Is, it's, it's a dogma. dogma. Okay. Yeah. It's a dogma. Great. Yeah. It's not quite as irreverent. Um, but, uh, it is, it is definitely in that realm of like, perfect. We've got a concrete plot. There are very big stakes and, uh, but there is time for jokes. Gotcha. You perfect. Know? That's exactly, that's exactly what I did. I, you, you may have pitched a winner, buddy. I, I, I'm in. It's on Amazon Prime. And again, like it's, and it's a mini series, so you don't mm. have to, you know, um, again, I think it's like eight to 10 episodes or something. Um, though, I think they are in the hour range though, so not quite the same. Um, um, it's a little bit more of a commitment than like well, stage. Like, that's okay. I'm, I'm in the hour long episodics now, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, from what I just came off of. So like, I'm, I'm trained. I'm ready. You know, it's not like I had been watching, uh, your 25 minute veeps and then I'm jumping to an hour. I'm, I'm, I'm stretched. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. The, the, the pump is primed. Yes. The pump is primed. I think that's a real thing. You know, did I mm-hmm. tell you I lost my wallet? No. Lost my wallet on New Year's, somewhere between New Year's Eve and somewhere. This wallet just completely disappeared. Uh, but the good news is, is that the only thing of value that was in my wallet was the wallet itself, you know, my, uh, uh, infinity gauntlet wallet, my ID, mm-hmm. my credit cards, all that stuff, you know, canceled them can be replaced. replaceable. Yeah. Actually it was a blessing in disguise because my ID was set to expire. You know, the whole time I lived in LA, I still had my Illinois ID cause it didn't expire until 2021. And so it just gave me an excuse to go get a new ID and I got that done. 
So, and it's like, I think the first time in my life I haven't had to like take the written exam again because I mm-hmm. actually got my ID before it expired. Already got a new wallet. My cards came today. So it's like, all right, uh, we could, you call this a benefit. So I'm out one wallet, but now I'm also out a bunch of frustration from having to get my ID thing. The thing is, is that there's no easily easy explanation as to what happened to this wallet to a point that when I die and God gives me my one question, like, what do you want to know? Like, do you want to know the purpose of life? Do you want to know why I plague the, uh, the earth with, um, you know, like, or I split or the sea split and I decided to have the great wars. I'll be like, no, no, where's my fucking wallet? bro? <laughs> Cause it really doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely no sense. I think what we surmised was that it either fell out of my pocket while I was walking the dog into a, you know, a, a, a vat of snow that just happened to appear there at that moment. It re- really doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. I'm more. Well, I'm, it's hard I was, to lose a wallet these days because we're all inside constantly. We're all inside constantly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, it just, you know, the thing that sucks is that because we went to Whole Foods that day to get like a meal to make for New Year's Eve, the evening. And, you know, everyone, God bless them. Anytime I had mentioned I lost my wallet, I know everyone's trying to help me. Everyone's trying to help me. But they're asking me things that a common man would obviously do. So it's like, oh, yeah, I went to a Whole Foods. And, you know, my parents, my friends that I had mentioned to, they're like, oh, well, you should call the Whole Foods and check with Lost and Found. I'm like, what a brilliant fucking idea. <laughs> I never would have thought of that. I just put my thumb in my ass and figured it would just appear. Like, I did that already. You are useless. Don't throw information at me that I already know. That's, That's one like of those things. That shot, when... If you get shot in the arm, people are like, oh, you should go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God I have fucking Patch Adams over here. That, That's great advice. That's one of those things that when you when it happens, you're better off just not mentioning it to people. Oh, if you dude, lose I something, I you usually know, stop. When, when I, that's along with like when I was um, when I was first started dating Lindsay, there was a point where she had just moved here. We gotten together and uh, we drove back from something. It was like the first Chicago winter that she was here for, and um, she pulled over. She parallel parked in front of the apartment that she was at, and you could just feel the car settle, uh-huh. you know, into the snow. Um, and I, I made a joke about how, oh, you're not getting this back until April now. <laughs> and she didn't get it back until April <laughs> because it was, it was like the cars, you know, was, was light enough and the, the snow was dense enough. It was like a perfect storm. And literally we tried everything in terms of, yeah, doing the rocking to try and get the momentum to get over mm-hmm. over the hump, and we tried melting the snow. We tried. Um, we we there was at one point we were trying to we, we were laying on the gas, and there were four strong dudes who were pushing, pushing, yeah. And it was mm-hmm. just so icy and just so much that it just wasn't happening. And every person I told the story to was just like. Get me over there. I'll get that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I could do it. Oh, yeah. Right, this is what you do. I, you know? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know how ice works. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every not a single person I, I spoke to was ever just like, yeah. It's, it sounds like a real predicament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I have trouble too. You know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing me your discomfort. I'm sure now we could laugh about it instead of like, oh yeah, get me in there. Or you know what you should have done? You should have laid a towel down. Oh, oh, what yeah. a genius. <laughs> A towel. I had never thought or surmised such a thing. Yeah, Fucking, very... that, that's a Joey F right there. A Joey yeah. F. Would say that stupid shit. 
right. Uh, You know what I did watch? You know what we did watch recently was uh, we did watch Let Them All Talk, the Steven Soderbergh movie with uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, yeah? How was it? On HBO Max. It was good. It was interesting because really it was like one of those slice of life type films where not really a whole lot of substance happens. Um. And, you know, it's very well acted from on all accounts. Like Diane Weiss is great. Meryl is obviously great. Um, the, uh, you know, it's shot very cool because, you know, Soderbergh always likes to do all these great unique techniques. Right? I think he put the camera on a wheelchair at some points to like be able to get certain angles. He really likes to shoot under, which is something we've noticed because we also recently rewatched Magic Mike. I've been on a Soderbergh kick lately. Um, it's an angle that he likes. He likes to shoot under sometimes. We also watched Ocean's Eleven on, uh, on New Year's Eve. But everyone was great. You know who was really good, and I had really never seen him act a lot, was Lucas Hedges. Uh, was oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Just phenomenal. Uh, and it's like you know, to be that charming, uh, in a role where you're competing against some powerhouse names like Merrill and Candace Bergen is the other one. Uh, and he really stood out as like one of the highlights of the film. So, um, and I had never seen him because I hadn't seen the movie that he was nominated for an Oscar on. I just had, although that's not true. He's, he's the son in, um, Three Billboards. He's Francis McDormand's son. And I forgot that he was also very good in that. Uh, so yeah, uh, but the movie as a whole, just strange, just very strange. Like it, it's one of those things where I, like, was I entertained? Yes. Would I ask, why did you decide to make it? Yes. Cause like the main message, I guess, is just being able to, is communication and like, you know, uh, these old friends trying to rekindle some type of spark that they had from their earlier days. A lot of it is improvised, which seems to be like another Soderbergh go-to. Like mm-hmm. there's, there is a script, but it's definitely like a skeleton of a script because everything sounds so natural. Um, but he's also, you know, there's also great moments of humor, and that's also something he's very good at. Like, it's a lot of, it's a, it's, a, it's fun. It was a fun film. Yeah, so Soderbergh kind of reminds me of, I, I don't, I haven't read a lot of Stephen King, but mm. it, it, there's this odd thing that, like, he, we know of Stephen King, like, he wrote, you know, Carrie and The Shining and Cujo and, like, and all these different masterpieces. And every once in a while he comes out with a new book and everyone's like, ah, it's dog shit. Right. You know, how could, how could the great Stephen King, how he has fallen from grace, <laughs> you know? Grace, yeah. Um, and the, I heard somebody put it this way once and it made a lot of sense to me, which is this idea that, you know how prolific Stephen King is? Mm. Like he writes like a book in af- every afternoon. Right. Uh, so yes. he, he's constantly writing and because of that, he's, um, um, he's, he's putting out so much that that means that he's, basically hitting every ball but where it's going he's unsure yeah exactly um, and and so and so yeah he's got some real stinkers but he's also got some real uh grand slams mm-hmm. and um and that's the way i kind of think of soderberg which is this idea of like he's constantly hitting the ball which is yeah. funny because like a few years ago he was like yeah i'm retiring i can't stand it anymore <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And, uh, and he Which was, was also like, him hitting a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, and then since then, I think he's done like five, six, seven movies. Yeah, um, dude, it's, it's insane. I mean, someone, during our horror movie-thon, someone recommended a movie called, uh, Unsane, and they were explaining it to me, and I was like, alright, let me, uh, let me Google this. And I Googled it, and, um, 
it happened to be a Steven Soderbergh movie. Watched the trailer and I was like, oh boy, this flew right under my radar because it was right in the, it was like shortly after Contagion had come out and also shortly after I believe in another movie he did with, uh, called Side Effects with Channing Tatum. So I was like, well, of course I missed it because he had put out three or four movies in that time. So it was just, it was funny because it really is that. Cause I also remember him saying like, yeah, I'm hanging them up. And then, you know, there were films that he made that I even I had no idea even existed. So, mm-hmm. uh, did you ever watch good. The Laundromat? I did not watch The Laundromat. No, it's on Netflix. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it actually got so-so reviews, but I really enjoyed it. I re- I remember reading about it because it was another Merrill Soderbergh team up, mm-hmm. and another one that kind of flew under my radar. Uh, in a weird way, but yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to give it a go. Cause I remember the review, the things I was, uh, the op-eds I was reading on, let them all talk was that this was like the better collaboration between him and Merrill, but also it's still like has its thing. So uh, yeah, I'll put it on my, I mean, I'm on this kick. I might as well keep the, uh, keep the train rolling along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I wanted to see Unseen because that's the, the one with Claire Foy, right? Yes, Unseen, I believe it's called. Unseen, that's what mm-hmm. I meant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I did want to see it. It, it, it. I don't remember it getting good reviews. Did you it like was, it? It got decent reviews. You know, like everything, even Laundromat. Like all, most of his projects have been like decently reviewed. I mean, like if we're talking Tomato Meter score, like he does. I don't think he's got like a fucking three percent. You know, he doesn't have a ballistic X versus Sever out there. Mm-hmm. But there are certain ones that have. Um, clicked a lot more than others you know high flying bird was the one that's on netflix now it's a netflix movie that the one that he filmed entirely on the iphone and it's you know great it really is great just even if just you appreciate how he took a chance on using this like updated technology and filmed a feature on a phone just watching it from that perspective it was cool but i had actually i had may have mentioned this before watched the movie and didn't even realize until it was over that that was a thing when i was reading up on it so you know he's a he would be a fun one to like do a do a marathon on especially because i even remember you know one of his biggest successes is traffic and i don't even Mm -hmm. really really like traffic that much in comparison to a lot of the films of that of that genre of that like crime drug cartel related genre not even really my favorite like there's a lot going on in that i don't even remember how been like all i remember is benicio del toro swimming in a pool and they're like yeah give him an oscar fuck it yeah he deserves his body he deserves he's got a nice body the um other thing that i binged recently was um I, uh, I was texting you about it at one point, but we, we ended up binging the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, you were telling me. Where are you guys at in the, uh... We're all caught up on family. We're all caught up on family. Oh, yeah. So did, did you, uh, Dan, did you do, would you watch it machete order? Like I said, there's a certain order to the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> People think it's not, but you gotta start with Tokyo Drift. <laughs> then you watch eight. Mm-hmm. Then you watch Hobbs and Shaw, then one, two, skip four, and then five, six. So we were even weirder than that. No, not quite, but like right. basically, none of that was a point where we had way. talked about, uh, we talked about, you know, I hear the Fast and Furious franchise got really great. And right. I, I had seen the original like back before I, uh, I was in college. Right. And then I think I watched Too Fast, Too Furious with you. Yeah. Um, 
And then I fell off. And since then, obviously, it's evolved. And I keep on hearing, like, oh, it's great now. It's like the best superhero movies that you've ever seen. Yeah, um, totally. We watched Hobbs and Shaw, like, maybe the first week that we did it. Because we were just like, let's see where this is at. And we were like, oh, my God. This is, this is completely different. So we went back and we watched um, – uh, watch the first two to get ourselves like reacquainted. Uh-huh. Um, then we went to Tokyo Drift, which I hear from a lot of people. It's their favorite, uh, their favorite Fast and Furious film, uh-huh. which they're wrong about. <laughs> they're so wrong about. I mean, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's not, it's not bad. Actually, it's better in a lot of ways. It's better structurally in terms of like a full story. It's better than the first two. Sure. Be- um, because it's, uh, it, there's actually like a journey to these people, um, versus like, uh, the first two are just kind of like Paul Walker and Tyrese being charm fests. That's right. the second one. And yeah. the first one, like you just see Vin Diesel and like, you just like, you kind of want to be him, but you're not supposed right. to want to be him. And that's how Paul Walker feels. And, right, right. um, and so like they're, they're, they're fine. They're perfectly fine movies. Uh, but Tokyo Drift is an actual full story. And right. at the same time, I don't care about anybody in that movie except yeah. for Han. <laughs> Dude, and Han, and what, and Han gets his ass blown up. I yeah. really. Halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and then. Also, do, doesn't little bow? Or excuse me, Mister Bow Wow. Yeah, he, he ain't little no more. Isn't that incredible Hulk car the ugliest fucking car you've yeah. ever seen? <laughs> I, I was, mean, he's uh, like so happy and proud of it. And I even mm-hmm. remember I saw that in the beers and thinking, why are you proud of that? Yeah. <laughs> that it is was, the biggest eyesore on the road. Lindsay's mouth was a gape, <laughs> you know, after like all the hype that he put around it. Um, but yeah, so so. Uh, and from what I understand now that I've like watched them all and like actually looked into stuff. So it seems that like this guy, Chris Morgan came on to write, uh, Tokyo Drift and he stayed on for most of the franchise. Um, and, and Justin Lin also came on with Tokyo Drift, stayed on for another few movies. Um, and they were, they kind of changed the game because then we go into Fast Furious 4. Which is a okay movie, but most, most, most importantly, they bring back all the other characters and now it's a full story Ooh. and they, and, and now it's a good full movie. And right. then Fast Five comes along and Fast Five is great. Yes, Fast Five, my Fast, Fast Five is like the one that really catapulted it, I think, the next level. Mm-hmm. Cause like I, it's like you said, Fast Four was kind of like their reestablishing of the universe and Fast Five is like, okay, let's get this thing going now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, surprisingly, they bring in the rock and the movie is instantly better. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Um, and then, yeah, it just keeps on going from there. What, what? So have you seen all of them? I have seen all of them except for Hobbs and Shaw. I have not watched yet. So I will. I wanted to. I honestly think it looks like a lot of fun. But, you know, I just it, it, the point where it stopped becoming about illegal drag racing and started becoming about huge giant worldwide becoming bond movies that just happen to involve fast cars like that's that's when it got fun you know that's really when it got fun because it's never like you know because that's the, the the original two that that was their cell they were like these are about street racing like illegal street racing going on in the city of miami um and then yeah and then it just turned into we need to save the world from a nuke going off, but I'm going to do it in a Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's going to have enough and it's going to go fast. Yeah. And that's, uh, and, and 
that that is actually what Hobbs and Shaw is. It's it's just superheroes in Ferraris, um, and it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, and now we're pumped for F nine, which yeah. I'm glad that we didn't watch these last year because I would have been so disappointed that uh, F nine got delayed a year. That was like oh, the dude. first movie that like when quarantine happened that Universal was like we're gonna push it a full year, and everyone was like you're overreacting, you know. <laughs> well, look who's over, look who's laughing now. Yeah, I'm excited because we get to see bad guy John Cena. You know? True. No more, True. no more good guy John Cena. Right? Yeah, no more good guy John Cena, bad guy John Cena. Yeah. Something that even the pro wrestling world has not seen. It's always <laughs> just been good guy John Cena. Now we get to see bad, he, he a bad man. He's he a bad man, right? He's a bad man right there. I tell you, he's like one of them gators. He just gonna come up and get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so which which of the Fast and Furious fan franchise that you've seen because you've seen all of them through right. the, through eight? What what where? What, I'm not going to ask you to rank all of them because I don't think I could do that right now. Right. But what what would you say are your top three? Well, the ones that I've seen the most are probably Too Fast, Too Furious, um, Tokyo Drift, and Fast Five. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it was on TNT and TBS a lot. Uh, I'd say my favorite one. Uh, I liked. I liked. I liked seven. I liked eight. Honestly, my favorite one might be six. I think I only yeah. saw it once, but I remember watching it and being like, "This fucking was really real." Like, hit all those giant action set pieces that I wanted. Um, I think it's the one too. You know, I I, I'm, I think I made the joke once too that like Ludacris is so loud that even if I muted any of these movies, I could still hear him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think Fast Six was the one that I had saw, and I was like, this is exactly exactly what I was promised. You know, like that's the thing. If you advertise something and they give me exactly what I what I asked, I love it. Like Godzilla, just not to sidetrack because I want to keep talking about the Fast and Furious movies. Godzilla: King of Monsters did not get great reviews, but it promised me large kaiju monster action, and it delivered. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't understand the bad reviews. People were like, "Yeah, it's just giant monsters fighting without a, a story," and I was like, "Yes, take my money, please." Yeah. What, what did you want? <laughs> what did you want? Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry that they didn't fucking solve the cancer crisis. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's what I would say. I'd probably say I'd try the one I've seen the most too fast. My favorite probably Fast Six. What about you? I think that I think my favorite favorite is Fast Five because mm-hmm. um, it, it it's it, it's definitely like the, the cemented what the, the movies are um, because F F Fast Fast Furious Four kind of brought all of the elements back, but I think Fast Five is just more fun. Mm-hmm. And because Fast Four establishes characters like Gal Gadot and a lot of those situations, um, when they come back in Fast Five, again, it feels like a big team building yes. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it feels like an Avengers film where everyone's oh, totally. coming together. I mean, um, Jason, Jason Statham's character was like originally a foe to them and then that's why it's fun that he survived all the way to do his own Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. I think that you're, I think that's fast. That's Furious 7 that he he comes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but, but uh, if he was in Fast 5, I would love it. Um, oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I, I, like, Lindsay and I were like, fuck Jason Statham. Like, immediately, like, when he showed up, I think it's at the end of Furious 6. Right. Um, 
where like where all of a sudden we you know Han goes off to Tokyo and you're like no Han don't go to Tokyo and then all of a sudden I know what happens there yeah (laughs) and then um and then uh, Jason Statham gets out of the car and he's like Dominic Toretto you don't know me but you will and we're all just like immediately like throw it out we had already watched Hobbs and Shaw at that point right 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 just like like fuck Jason Statham which is the one that they reveal that Han is still alive though that he never actually died I I think it's in the next one because it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer that man, yeah. dude. It's, it's I remember the trailer. People be like, "Han is back," yeah. and then we're gonna delay it for a yeah. year. Well, I knew. Here's the thing. I knew. I had a feeling that Han was gonna come back because I I remember the hashtag Justice for Han. I remember hearing a lot about it around uh, when the F9 trailer was coming out, and so when Han died, I was like, I, I think there's more to this, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And it's amazing how we, I hate him all throughout Furious 7 and then F8 just because he goes up and like handles a baby while, while he's kicking everybody's ass. All of a sudden I'm on board with, with, with Shaw now, you know? They call that a baby face turd, my friend. You hate him, then he does something and you're like, all right, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Now here's the real question. How much would you pay to see the new Fast and the Furious? Like right now? Right now. You know, that, that would be, you know, cause like I wanted to see Mulan and I didn't, right. I wasn't going to pay $30 to watch Mulan. Right. Even Let watching this, how much would you buy the new Fast and the Furious movie for? Well, you know, I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar, Joe. I would. Just keep <laughs> 